0: You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans, it's me again, Kenzie Gibbs, Bring you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack, and this episode is brought to you by the great folks over at Built Bar. Now, State fans, I told y'all not to panic regardless of what happens these next two weeks, especially with Leary missing. And the loss being as bad as it was and the way it was was shocking to me. That was very shocking to me. And we'll get into that. We're going to get into that later in the show. We'll get into what this loss means uh, and how it happened. We'll talk about it later in the show. Later in the week, we'll talk about how to bounce back. But this show is specifically going to be focused on this game. However, we need to do a little bit of housekeeping, okay? Because at this point, Wolfpack Nation, I feel like we're family. I feel like we're family. So I got to treat you like we're family, okay? And one of the things in my family, all of my family is back in Detroit for the most part. I live in Raleigh. So they call me. I'm not abreast upon everything that happens in my family. So somebody always calls me, gives me the rundown, right? It's normally not the person that did horrible thing X, Y, and Z, and... It's normally somebody else, and so that I'll bring that back in into why this is important later. Okay, but UNC dominated dominated us forty eight twenty one dominated. There is no metric by which you can say, oh yeah, NC State uh, looked very good in this game. Well, maybe passing yard, but even that uh, that more so was a byproduct of UNC running the ball so effectively, it didn't really have to run. I mean, throw it. But we need to talk about something for a second, okay? Because there, I had a lot of friends, a lot of uh, a lot of fellow state alums, a lot of former teammates, all that. And, you know, they, they text me different things every Saturday about different games. And most of the time, it's like 90% about the game. It's about like 90%. Hey, did you see this play? Did you see this? What did you think about this? What did you think about that? And, and we go back and forth, and I just bounce, or I bounce ideas off them, and I, I bring them to the pot. I bring them to you all. But this time... This was the most heavily commentated one about around the game from a lot of state fellow state fans, and this is this is the thing that kills me, right? From the oh, did you see Daz do some flexing in the end zone when they're up twenty? Yeah, I don't I don't care if you don't want a guy flexing in the end zone, don't let him get in the end zone. Oh, did you see the post game press conference with Sam Howell and all the oh that's false confidence? Yeah. When you are dominated like this, the opposing guy can get up at that press conference and say whatever he wants. I don't have a problem with that. The only thing that somebody noted to me that I didn't even notice until afterwards when somebody when somebody texted me about it during the game, and I rewound it afterwards and looked back and saw that it, it actually did happen, was when uh, Peyton Wilson was struggling to get up on their sidelines. Peyton Wilson, you know, he looked out of it a little bit all game, looked like he was struggling with some type of injury or some sort all game, and, he was charging along, doing his best, but he was down on their sideline, and you could clearly see players chirping, talking smack. Out. I don't, don't really—that's—that's that's something for me. That if you respect the game, if you even if you don't respect your opponent, you respect the game. That's injuries is not something that you play with. That's not something that you, you know, you make fun of your opponent for whatever the case may be. Unless it's a specific thing where they're talking about hurting your guys or something like that. For the most part, you don't, you don't, you know, do that. But even with that, I found myself disgusted for half a second, and then I said, this is who UNCR is. This is who they are. Like, why are we acting surprised about things that are in their character? And this is why, I, I mean, I got to treat y'all like family because my family back home calls me all the time. Hey, did you know your your cousin, your, your, your uncle, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father? Fo- Why are you telling me things that are in these people's character? And I'm one of the younger people in my family, so everybody has known everybody else longer than I have. I'm the youngest of all my brothers and sisters. When my mom calls me and says something, when my siblings call me about one of the other siblings, I always say, you've known them longer than me. This sounds exactly like them. I am new to this rivalry. I'm not from this area. I did not know and look deeply into NC State before I decided to come here. It, it really was about mid to late 2012 when I started to look into this program and all that. So we'll, we when I say this is who UNC is, they're classless frontrunners. That's what history has proven to us. That's what history has proven. Like, why why are we... And, and granted, I'm not going to go back 30 years ago to talk about something from before when I was born. We could just talk about what has happened in the past year since I've been personally involved in this rivalry. I have seen nothing to imply that anything that they do should be a shock. Anything. Anything. If we want to go back to my red shirt freshman year, 2014, specifically November 24, 2014, UNC beats Duke. Right? UNC football, Beast Duke football, they get the the Liberty Bell and all that. They paint it light blue, all that good stuff. They then go in there and tear Duke's locker room up. They tear it up. They paint it all over the place. They destroy the property, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? Nobody's suspended. No punishment comes out of it. Oh, Fedora says they took the celebration too far. They say they'll pay for the damages. This is who they are. Doran tells us, hey, listen, we're going to pay them back for that. We're going to whoop the wheels off of them. In Chapel Hill. And you know what we'll do? We'll leave their locker room better than we found it because that's the type of man we are. And we did. True to his professional prescription, we did. Everything that he said we did, we did. We won that game by 35-7. And we left the locker room better than we found it because that's who we are. That's who we are as opposed Like, why are, why are y'all so surprised? Why are folks so shocked? This is who they – Oh, okay, that was the last coach. That was an old coach. That was from six years ago. Let it go. Sure, fine. UNC in the blowout shirts when Zion shoe popped and he got injured. Again, this is who they are. This is who they are. Like, why are we – this shirt was selling like hotcakes on Franklin Street. So why are we surprised when we see stuff like that? Why? Why, that, that's the question for me. You've got to know your opponent. You've got to know what they are, who they are, so that you know, hey, when something happens, that oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I got the wrong sport. So what, that it was only about a year ago, I got the wrong sport. Okay, October 3rd this year against Boston College. First-year head coach, Jeff Halfley, is on Boston College's sideline. He comes off the... Sideline onto the middle of the field because they got a tight end. He dropped a pass. It was a uh, big third down stop for UNC. But it was clear that their player was down. Now, by the time Halfley was on the field with the player, the play had been over for a good 30, 40 seconds, possibly even a minute. UNC still celebrating on the sideline, knowing this guy's injured, knowing that Jeff Halfley is screaming his head off, We've got a guy injured, and they're celebrating. We've got a guy injured, and they're celebrating. You can blame whoever you want and say, and here's the thing. Do you realize I haven't had to go back 40 years for these incidents? One of them was as recent as this month. As this month. Like, state fans, we got to have a because, and I'm not even, this isn't even a drag UNC through the mud thing. This is a... State fans, why? like so many of my friends, so many of my former teammates text me. Normally they text me during the games. We just talk about the game. But this this was the most commentary I have ever had to do about all of the other stuff to my friends. And so if it's, if it's with them, hopefully my friends are just more sensitive than the rest of the state fans. And the rest of the state fans already expect this and know this. But I'm the infant to this rivalry. Some of y'all been in this for 30, 40 plus years. Some of y'all are state lifers, and your life has lasted a lot longer than mine. Your life has 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 been a you've been on this big green ball a lot longer than I have. And somehow this is a surprise to you. Nothing, nothing they do is a surprise to me. Because I know I know you. I know you. I've seen you before. This is like. Come on, man. Come on, state fans. We got to accept this. We got to accept that this is who they are. If you don't want front runners to front run, what do you do? You don't allow them to get in front. Was there any smack talking going on in the dope? No. Was Sam Howe beating this to- Oh, well, you know, they are a little hype videos. That's that's fake confidence for Florida State. And Florida State is awful. They just got their brains beat out by Louisville. So again, you look at this UNC team. This is who they are. There was no celebrating at Boston College. And they were up for, for most of the game. For basically all of it. I don't think Boston College ever led. This is who they are, people. And you've got to realize that. You've got to, you've got to know that. And if, if I feel like I'm on one, or if I'm on my soapbox right now, like at the end of the day, right? This fans, and this is just my time here. This is just my time in this rivalry. This fans coaches. This goes across sports. At some point in time, one of my friends, who's a USC grad, hates bragging, allegedly. Allegedly, hates bragging, hates all of those things. You know, <laughs> refuse to let people who are near them celebrate any victories. Anytime you want to celebrate a victory too long, they're like, oh, come on, wrap it up. It's, it's enough. Texted me during the game. Wow, so it's supposed to be a close game, huh? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, congrats, I guess. Oh, you mad, bro? You mad? This is who they are. This is who they are. Why are we? Come on, State fans. Come on now. You've got to know class front runners when you see them. You've got to know when you give them a the chance to be class front frontrunners. They're going to take it because that's who they are. All right? And and I'm going to cool out here. I'm a cool out here, okay? I'm going to cool out. Because at the end of the day, I'm not livid at USC being USC. I'm livid at State fans being confused about it because a lot of y'all have been in this longer than me. Okay? Don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff they do does piss me off. But at the end of the day, it's who they are. It's who they are. Okay? And, and so I'm going to chill now. And I'm going to chill by talking about a beer that's made for chilling In Coors Light. Sometimes you have a day like I'm having right now or like I was having Saturday where you're just on. And we always got to be on. Sometimes you just need a moment to chill. Sometimes you want to hit the reset button on a game. Sometimes you want to hit a reset button on life. Just grab a Coors, okay? Just just crack open that nice cold Coors, hear the pop of the top, and you know it's time to relax, okay? Coors Light is a prep. Perfect refreshing beer for chilling. Always, always, always. And you can never get away from it, okay? You can never get away from the beer that's made to chill and is always as cold as the Colorado Rockies. It's the beer that I grab when I need to unwind, especially after moments like this. But remember, always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. Also, Built Bars! Built Bars are healthy and great for the health-conscious guy that help you lose weight, maintain weight, or do whatever you need while indulging on a delicious treat. Built Bars are a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber treat that is great fuel for any high-performance machine like yourself. It's great for any diet that you could imagine, and there's a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. I don't think that'll last too much longer the way these things are flying off the shelves. So go ahead. Go on over to builtbar.com and use promo locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. And now that we've got that out the way, now that we've got that little bit of housekeeping out the way, let's talk about the actual game. Because I don't I don't like talking about the antics surrounding the game. I, I just I love my friends that I, I told them all, hey, I'm here to listen. I get it. I'll talk about it on the show some. But at the end of the day, I don't want that to be the whole shit because that's, th- this game has to be broken down, okay? Because this game, everybody will try to reduce this game to Devin Leary being hurt, and that's simply not the case, okay? Devin Leary does not make tackles, or at least he shouldn't in a perfect world. Right? He should not have to make tackles or even attempt to make tackles. NC State, as a team, missed 17 of them. And yes, the emotional leader, Peyton Wilson, was in and out all game. He was seeming kind of kind of hobbling around out there. But at the end of the day, missing 17 tackles, not going to get the job done. 48-21 was the final score for a reason. And USC let up off the gas. Up off the they love Paul together. They the score could have been worse. They love the together. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Between um, Carter and Williams, thirty six carries for two hundred sixty six yards. I mean, what 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 about that was Devin Leary supposed to stop? And don't get me wrong, I I get how football is interconnected, and this team was already hanging on by a delicate thread, right? But at the end of the day, this wasn't just a – the quarterback play was so poor thing. Because despite what the stats say as far as turnovers go, I don't think that this was a poorly played game by Ben Finley or Bailey Hockman. I don't think either one of the state's quarterbacks played all that poorly. I really and truly don't. And I'm not just talking about the – I watched the game. I rewatched the game. Trust me. This was not a poorly played game by either one of the quarterbacks. That just was not the case. Let me tell you something. The entire team seemed to not get up for this one. There were three interceptions thrown. The one by Hockman, I mean, that's it's Bailey Hockman. He's going to do that sometimes. But Ben Finley's two interceptions. This is what I mean by the team. And by the team I don't just mean the players. Now, let's look at the situation in which Ben Finley's interceptions were thrown, shall we? The first interception, UNC was up 14-0. State's driving after putting him in. It was the first driver putting him in. It's nine minutes, 23 seconds left in the first half. They're inside the red zone. They run a little fake power action or a little rollout to the right. Ben Finley finds Dylan Parham wide open in the back of the end zone. Wide open. Not only does he not make the catch, he bobbles, bobbles, bobbles until a UNC defender is able to come and pick it off. The ball was right in Parham's hands and within his reach. That was not a pass that was thrown in a place that you're like, I mean, I don't know what you expect from Dylan Parham. He did the best that he could. No, no, it hit you above the hands. You barely had to raise your arms over your head. That's a touchdown. You're on scholarship, son. That's a touchdown. One of my keys to the game, if you watch Ken's Keys, was the perimeter guys had to help the quarterback. I thought it was Bailey Hockman. Turns out it was Ben Finley in this instance. You're not helping the quarterback by bobbling a ball into an interception. And then, here's the second part of why I say team and not just the players. After that, NC State was still in the ball game. The next drive, UNC gets a field goal. They score a touchdown. And now they got the ball back and they're driving. They're down 17-7. This is after halftime now. Beginning of the third, basically. Seven, they're down 17-7. They go into the locker room, trailer 17-7. That's a good spot to be in for how they played in the first half. But now, after already throwing a touchdown to Omeka Amezi, looking good on the inter- intermediate route, okay? After that, State just completely gives up on any any type of passing beyond five yards. Everything is screen, 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 short game, short game, short game. As a former defensive lineman, I can tell you, when a team is hitting you with short, 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 screen, 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 not only do you know this as a player, but you're specifically instructed by your coaches, hey, stop rushing. The routes that they're throwing, you will not have time to get to the quarterback. But you know what you can do? Oh, the shortest defensive lineman we got is six feet. Everybody, get your hands up. Get your hands up. Get in the passing lanes. If it's all short passes, the trajectory of the pass has to be fairly low. You can't throw a moonshot when you're throwing the ball five yards. It just doesn't work that way. That's an easy way to get an interception. So, he's going to be throwing darts. All you got to do is get your hands up. You're going to bat one. Either you're going to bat it down, or it may pop up. like Just like it did when UNC's defensive end got an easy little tip. and went right on to uh, Sarat. That was his second interception. That interception, neither one of those interceptions, I believe, were on him. Neither one of them. Because one, the receive, the tight end in that case, who was the receiver in that case, the tight end, Dylan Parham, it's on you to catch that ball. You're on scholarship time, make it happen. The second one, Beck, you cannot go screen, 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 short, 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 screen, 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 short, 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 short. It'll get figured out and quickly. And if y'all don't trust him at all to throw anything besides screen and short, then get him out the game. Get him out the game, man. But you can't – doing that will lead to what it leads to, okay? And here's the only thing that I will say I can objectively look at this and say, oh, Bailey Hockman makes a difference here. Josh Pierre-Louis, his plays where he was beat late in the game, where the game started to get away, where the game was still within reach and then on one drive – um uh, the heels hit a a wheel route to Carter, and then they hit the uh the corner route to Downs. Both of those were right over uh Pierre Louis. Now I bet you're wondering, how does this relate to Devin Leary? Give me a second, stay with me, I'll let you know. See There are injuries upon injuries upon injuries in that secondary. And that played into this as well. But at the end of the day, when you have to be on the field, snap after snap after snap after snap, the difference between your your juniors and seniors or more experienced guys and your young guys is often not that big of a talent gap, like actual ability and skill gap. There's not that much normally. What there is, though, is what's from the neck up. What the awareness, the knowing of how the calls change, how the calls wrote, how, oh, will we get this? This is li- likely to be the call. That's what is is the difference between younger guys and older guys. And because the offense wasn't performing that well, because the offense wasn't moving the ball that well, they had to be on the field more. And Pierre-Louis had to get it right more, and he didn't. He couldn't, but you know what? He's a true freshman. So you expect a true freshman in a big-time ACC rivalry game to take those lumps. That's understandable. That's understandable. But the missed tackles, that's not. Two drops in the end zone. Those are 326 rushing yards to 34. Excuse me? Excuse me? Well, where is that understandable? Where is that? It can't be. Four turnovers to none. Even if we take away... Uh, both of Ben Finley's interceptions, two turnovers to none. I mean, what do we, what are we doing here? You cannot. What we have established and what this game has showed us, this NC State team is completely lost and a bit, a bit lifeless without Devin Leary. Let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. They've played. Three games all season without Devin Leary as their primary go to guy under center. In those three games, one was against Wake Forest. I do not care about Wake Forest upset of Virginia Tech. That was the aberration. This is what they have shown us repeatedly as the rule. Not a very good team. I'm sorry. It's just the honesty God truth here. When you look at the other two games they played without Bailey Ogman as their primary starter, Virginia Tech, UNC, we see what this team looks like overall. And against Virginia Tech, that was truly a case of the same thing that happened today. Inability to stop the run, offense could not stay on the field, could not sustain the drive, which led to the defense being out there more than they should. And the defense wasn't playing well to begin with, so that just compounds on it and builds on it. At the end of the day, sure, lots of injuries. Injuries on injuries on injuries. But at the end of the day, you've got to play. You've got to show up and play. You've got to show up and compete. You've got to do that. There's no way around that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And this team was not competitive for the second half, for a large part of the second half of the game. First half, showed up, fought battle Fought. battle. Second half, they kind of laid over. They kind of rolled over. They rolled over, and that's that's just what it is. Again, we don't do fluff pieces or hit pieces here. This is not me calling for Doran's head. That's not that. This is not that. This is not me calling for Gibson's head or Beck's head. This is not that. This is not that. However, I will say this about Beck. Beck, this is the second time. This is the second time that Tim Beck has just decided okay, we've turned the ball over. It's time to kind of shut it down and play uber conservative. And the first time, it almost got you hawked down like Buddha Baker with DK Metcalf on the case when it came to Wake Forest. This time, it's just going to get you whooped on because you're already behind. You can't just shut it down and say, hey, conservative now. We're just, we're, all right, we We got to put in the third-string quarterback. Okay, well, he's throwing, some, he's throwing an interception. We just got to stop. No, 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 no. No, no, that's not it. That's not it. Because now teams will know if we get them to turn the ball over once, we can jump everything for the rest of the game because they're not going to go deep anymore. They're not going to risk it. They're not going to want to do that anymore for the rest of the game. So that's that's something that the tackling, obviously, defensively, that is something that needs to get cleaned up. 17 missed tackles on one ball carry. I believe there were 24 all game. I believe I counted 24 missed tackles on the game. You got to do better. You got to be better. De'Ami Brown going for 100 against the second day? That's expected. That's expected. When you're starting true freshmen all over the place, that's expected. If you're a star receiver, star ACC receiver, that's expected. You're expected to have a guy do that. Fine. But this team's team's tackling. Not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. Javante Williams has done an excellent job of breaking tackles all season. Uh, Statistically, he's the best by percentage of breaking tackles. In America, that's – but at the end of the day, you've still got to show up, play, do your job. you still got to show up, play, do your job. And I know that the stats are saying, oh, UNC's really good at running the ball now and they've they've, uh, put up 550 yards against the last three teams straight. I mean, look at the last three teams they played. Like, come on. Come on. At NC State with their best player hobbled, best defensive player hobbled, um, quarterback out. Yeah, you can see it. A Florida State team that's allowed uh, forty or more points in sixty-six percent of their ACC games. Yeah, you can see it. Against a Virginia Tech team that has also been horrendous on defense. Yeah, yeah. This is that's how that goes. That's how that goes. So, NC State, we are who we are. Accept who we are. Find something. We've got a bye coming up this week, and then we got Miami next week. Now, fans, over this bye week, I don't know what we're going to talk about just yet. I really don't. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But keep coming back because every day is going to be something new. Every day is going to be a surprise. Keep on coming back. Keep rocking with us, okay? At the end of the day, this is still not a panic situation. This is still a situation where even if you get your heads beat in, even if State gets our heads beat in these next two weeks, you get it together, you get your act together, and play to the level which we know State is capable of playing for those last four. You've got Florida State who got blew out by Louisville. you got a Liberty team who, despite the name, have been playing well all season, but at the end of the day, they should not have the same level of athletes. You've got a Syracuse team that's been horrible all year. They played their one really good game against Clemson. I think they're petered out, and you got a bad Georgia Tech team. you got a bad Georgia Tech team. Okay? Like, at the end of the day, this is a team that I'm looking at, and I'm saying to myself, I they could do something here. They could do something. So stick with us. Stick, stick around. Cause we're gonna be coming back every single day. Like I always say, every day that you drive into work, there will be a new locked on wolf pack ready for you. All right. Peace and love, y'all.